This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah, hamdin kathiram wa tayyibam mubarakin fee. Salawatullahi wa salamu ala nabiyyina al-ameen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Amma ba'du. We come now, inshallah, to hadith number 19 in the book, the call, the da'wah, and the du'at. That was authored by our Sheikh Ali Hassan Abdul Hamid Al-Athari, rahimahullahu ta'ala, rahmatullahi, rahmatan azimah, inshallah. And today's hadith is a tremendous hadith as it relates to people who are giving da'wah. And what we're giving da'wah to. Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, mentioned that the Prophet said, The rights that a Muslim has over his Muslim brothers and sisters are six. And went on to mention the six of them. He said, From these six rights, Sallam alayhi Wa idha da'ahu Ajabahu Wa idha stansahuhu Nasahuhu Wa idha atasa Wa hamidallaha Yushammituhu Wa fi riwaya Yusammituhu Wa idha marida Aaduhu Wa idha mata there are six things Number one Is that if a Muslim meets his Muslim brother He gives him salams Number two If he invites you You answer the invitation For some food or visitation Number three If he seeks your advice Your nasiha Then you should advise him with sincerity With ikhlas Number four if he sneezes and says, Alhamdulillah, after sneezing, then you should say to him, Ya Rahamakullah. Number five, if he becomes sick, then you should visit him. And number six, if that individual were to die, then you should follow his janazah. This hadith says that the haq of the Muslim on the Muslim is six, but in reality, it's more than six. The Prophet wasallam used to mention specific things and take them out of something that has, it has a lot of, the issue has a lot of things connected to it. All of them are important. All of them are from the hukuk. But he mentions these six because they are like more important. They're the vital ones, the real vital ones that can't be trampled upon. It can't be played with. The scholar said concerning that statement, Haqqul Muslim, al-Muslim, Haq means the thabit, the thabit, the thing that's there, the thing that is there, his Haq is there. So these six are what is thabit, muta'akid, all of these things. But he has more rights than these six. He has the right that you love for him what you love for yourself. He has the right that you have to help him when he is oppressed and when he is oppressor. So right now our brothers in Afghanistan, they have rights over us that were not mentioned in this hadith. So the point here is, these six are vital. And if a person is giving dawah like myself or any imam, you people are giving dawah on the internet, you're giving dawah to people you know, your relatives, you help with people in the neighborhood, in the city, you're giving dawah in city center. Anybody who's giving dawah, this book is the dawah and the du'at. What is your da'wah to? Are you calling to your own maslaha, your madhab, your jama'ah, your afkar, your imam, all that kalam farid that's going to make me your enemy and you my enemy? Because the thing that's going to bring us together is the deen. What I eat, what I like, what's beneficial for me may not be in your best interest. So if you're trying to make the tahqiq of your best interest, I'm trying to make the tahqiq of mine, we're never going to come together. And that's the condition of the Muslims today. On an international level, kullu, everybody, everybody, looking out for their own self. 
And that's our situation locally, except for the people that Allah had rahmah for. But what's really disturbing is that you find the religious people, the multazimin from all of these jama'at and madahib, Salafi, Ikhwani, Sufi, Tablighi, you find the ones who practice and they have intimat to all of these groups. All of them religiously divide amongst themselves while claiming that the haq is with them. No. All of these groups are not permissible to be upon. We're supposed to be Muslims on the kitab and the sunnah, understanding them and practicing them the way those companions did, without all these unnecessary names that are dividing people. So as it relates to this issue, the one who was given dawah will find that the Prophet ﷺ, in these six things that he mentioned, he was an example in doing them. The prophets and the messengers used to say in the Quran, وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ أُخَالِفُكَ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ أُخَالِفَكُمْ إِلَى مَا أَنْهَاكُمْ أَنْهُ I don't want to tell you to do something and I'm doing something else. He's telling us the six hukuk of a Muslim and he's going against them. I'm giving the da'wah, I'm giving the khutbah. And these six, I'm going against all six. But I'm going to raise the flag. I'm salafi, I'm practicing, I'm on the su'ah. يَا أَيُّوَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَا تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ We're using this religion to play games. Now I'm going to explain these six, inshallah, but the first one I'll take a little bit more time because that is so important. These six things. There's a hadith similar to this. Sayyid Bukhari, a Muslim, and Imam al-Bukhari, a Muslim, this hadith is muttafiq alayh. Imam al-Bukhari mentioned five, and Imam Muslim mentioned six. So one narration of the hadith is that khamsun haqqun ala kulli Muslim, and it went on. Only five. But this one is mentioned in six. So the first one that he mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is as-salams, giving salams. Rasulullah said about the salam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ifshu salam taslamu. Spread the salams and you'll be safe. You'll be safe. You'll be safe from what? The ulama of Islam said, the marad, what he meant by this is, you'll be safe from being mutakadbir, mustakbir. Being a person who indiscriminately says to the white and the black, the old and the young, who you know, you don't know. Salamu alaikum, salamu alaikum, salamu alaikum. That will make you an individual who will be humble. There are a number of, a number of irshadat, tojihat. Rasulullah gave us advice to break kibr, to break a heart that's qasi. He gave us a lot of things to do. Touch the head of an orphan. So this salams will make you be a person who calms down. This salams, ikhwani, as the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked his companions, هَلْ أُدُّلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ شَيْءٍ إِذَا فَعَلْتُمُوهُ تَحَابَبْتُمْ فِي مَا بَيْنَ أَنفُسِكُمْ قَالُوا بَلَىٰ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَمَا هُوَ قَالْ إِفْشُ السَّلَامِ بَيْنَكُمْ He swore by Allah in the beginning of the hadith, none of you will enter the jannah until you believe. And none of you will believe until you love one another. So I'm sitting here with my color. A person has a problem in the audience with my color. And I have a problem with your color. And I hate you as a result. You hate me as a... I hate you because of your jama'ah. You don't like me because of mine. You won't enter into jannah until you love each other. Should I not tell you something you can do that will cause you to love each other? They say, yes, what is it? He says, spread the salams between yourselves. So the salams between ourselves, ikhwani, is something that helps develop al-muhabba and its unity. But the du'at, people are giving da'wah, they use the salam as a weapon against the Muslims. So here's a person who's takfiri, straight up takfiri. He doesn't give salams to people of the ummah because they're kuffar. I don't give salams to the Muslims. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La tabdu al-yahud wa la nasara bis-salam. Don't give salams to kuffar, Jews and Christians. Kuffar, no salams to my family, relatives, people in the street. And then we have the people, the ghulat of a tabdir, ma'ashiyukhihim, with their shiyukh, and their students here in the West. Don't give him salams. Don't give him salams. Don't go to this masjid. Mubtadi. Don't give him salams. Salams is supposed to be used as a da'i to make people love each other. And as the teacher and the imam, I'm using it to make division, to be divisive, 
and I have the nerve and the audacity to stand up on the member and to say, Selefia, Selefi, Selefwayunana. Now, it is a fact that Abu Bakr Umar Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa it is a fact that he used the salams to make ta'deeb of people, get you back in order. The three people who didn't go to the jihad, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the battle of Tabuk, he didn't give them salams. The hajr of the mubtadiq, that is something that the salaf used. Rasulullah used that. But they use it in the right way. If a person is of the belief that if you don't pray, you are kafir. Even if you are lazy, you believe praying is wajib and you don't pray, some people believe you are kafir. And Imam said that. A riwayah, position of Al Imam Ahmed, that was one of his positions. There's a delil for that. Whoever doesn't pray is a kafir. So that person doesn't give salams to people because he believes you are now Muslim. We're not talking about that. He really believes you are kafir. He's his ijtihad. Scholars took that position. If he doesn't give salams to people, I'm not blaming him because he believes that. This is his deen. No problem. What I'm talking about is, I don't like him, and he doesn't like, like what we have with Sheikh Rabi and all of this stuff. I don't like him, you don't like, don't speak to him, don't go, don't go to Green Lane, don't go there. And it's just hawa. So the da'i, what are you calling to? We saw the ayat of the Quran saying, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلٍ مِمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ His da'i is to Allah. His da'i is to Allah. اُدْعُ إِلَى سَبِيلِ رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ Call to the way of your Lord. Not to yourself and your madhab and your group and your sheikh and your country. My dao, I'm going to come and superimpose on my host country. I'm African American. I'm going to go to my people in America and give them dawah and I'm going to superimpose on them Saudi Arabia. Everything with Saudi Arabia is what is for them. And what's wrong with that kind of understanding? For the da'i, and what is this da'wah? The ulama, only Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the khilafah. Saudi Arabia is, is a... So I can talk about the hukam of any country, the Taliban. I can talk bad about them right now. But if you talk about Saudi Arabia, you're from the khawarij? No. The meaning of assalamu alaikum assalam is a dua. But akhi, may Allah protect you from me and harm. And may Allah protect you from all harm. It's a dua. It's a dua for Amin, for the Muslims. Al-istiqrar. Now, the Taliban, and I don't want to make this personal or political, the Taliban have a history in the past, problematic. They did some things that are not nice. But now that they are in charge, shouldn't we be happy as Muslims that after 40 years of drama and war, over a million people have lost their lives, innocent women and children. Life is tough. Now they come into power. This is the government. So as Muslims, we don't make khuruj against those people with our tongues or with our swords, except with conditions. So if anything, be quiet. Don't regurgitate old tweets of Rabi al-Madkhali, Ubaid al-Jabri, old tweets from 10 years ago, and put it for right now. Because as we see right now with the Taliban, the people are talking and giving interviews, it seems like they're trying to, like they understand. We can't come at the world with this hardcore, closed mindset. Because the world doesn't work like that. You cannot live in this world by yourself. You're going to have to mix with people who are Muslims and non-Muslims. In my community and Leeds, where I walk home from home to the masjid, I have to pass a center called the Mandela Center. So you can have, you got an idea whose community the Mandela Center is in, right? It's in the Afro-Caribbean community. So when we walk, we have to pass these people who are sitting at the center to direct people into the center for the COVID jabs and tests. So some of the people work there, women who are lesbians, men who are gay, that's their job. So as we're walking down and walking from the masjid, we say to those people, hey, how you doing? want to thank you guys for what you do for the community. Me, along with my children, along with the Shabab, 
that I teach. Is that us buying into lesbianism, LBGT? No. No. Because now they're asking, why is there more people around here on Friday? What are you guys doing? When can we come? It's the hour. Now, we could take the other approach, walk by them and close our eyes and put our... No. You do what you think is best for you, but the point here is, the point here is, we want Emin, security for the Muslims. So now we make dua to Allah that he shows the Muslims a, a, a miracle in the Taliban. The Taliban, the Aqidah, the Minhaj, what they did in the past, a problem. But we're hoping and we're praying to Allah that Allah will show this Ummah. If you people change what you were doing and the wrong things, Allah will bless you. And then there's another thing. What Muslim in his right mind doesn't have happiness after seeing the condition of the Muslim world? Everybody here, you grew up, and our ummah has been in confusion. We know everybody here, especially you youngsters, you know nothing except baf. Our ummah is weak. We've been colonized, brainwashed. Now the Afghanis kick those people out. After all of these years, how in the world we're not going to be happy that non-Muslims get kicked out of, our, out of our countries. Who's not happy about that? That's part of a salam alaikum. So I just don't understand how we give each other salams, but while giving the salams at the same time, we steal, we cheat, we rob, we lie. Tadlis al-kadhib al-iftira. He said this. He, 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 he's with jam'iyah ya turaf. You a liar. You have no, you just lying to make the people be against your enemy. It's not even true what you're saying. And even if it was true, what you and how you're doing is not right. So salam. don't use what the Salaf used to do out of context. Yes, the Salaf used to not give salams to innovators. But which innovators? Everybody was an innovator? Because as I said in this audience, your mothers and fathers have innovations. Yarmi, khatam. Rasulullah, he knows the ilm al So you're going to stop talking to your mothers and fathers? Is that what the Salaf want from you, this religion they understood? Some of our African brothers have relatives who do shirk and magic in the way they understand the religion. So we're going to say, the Salaf said, cut your fathers and your mothers off. No! You have to have fiqh, how to do it, when to do it. Who's an imam of innovation? Who's an imam of kufr? And who's just a miskeen person who doesn't know from the awam? You know my position with the rafid of Iran and Iraq is that some of the scholars, Ibn Baz, other than them, they make takfir of them. I don't make takfir of the awam. I make takfir of Khomeini and people like that. Wala karama. I make takfir of him because he makes takdeeb of the kitab what Allah established in the Quran what the Prophet said and anybody who believes with knowledge that the wife of the Prophet is a zaniya, baghiya anybody who believes that the companions irtaddu except him you outside of this religion if you know what you're talking about but the awam they don't know what they're talking about they don't know what they're talking about Relative in Africa, he goes to the oracle. The oracle. The oracle is the witch doctor. He gets some bones and he throws the bones and decides, should I get married? Should I travel? I'm not going to, that's kufr, what he did. My relative in Africa, that's kufr. But I'm not putting him outside the religion. He can't read, he can't write. He doesn't know his elbow from his ankle bone. He's like the Bedouin. No, the salaf said. No. So this salam, ikhwani, it has a lot of ahkam. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said about himself, Ana Sayyidu Bani Adam wala fakhr. I am the master of Adam's children. I'm the best of you. I'm the best. And yet, listen, these salams has a lot of ahkam and a lot of adab. We're not going to go through all of that. But these are the things we should be teaching our community. These basic things, eating with the right hand and drinking with the right hand, as opposed to all these radud and kalam farik between your sheikh and his enemies. 
African American, my community, we became Sedefi in the 80s, in the 80s, 80s. We lost a generation, our children left the Dawah, left Islam, left the Sunnah, whole generation, while we're fighting each other. Whole generation, gone. Because the du'at of this Dawah are using the Dawah as a weapon. Engaging my kid and your kids. And they become enemies with each other. Stop practicing. What kind of stuff is that? So teach the people the basics of the religion. So the majority, they give salams to the minority. The one who's riding gives salams to the one who's walking. The one who's walking, the Prophet said, gives salams to the one who is sitting. The younger one gives salams to the one who is older. Rasulullah used to give salams, used to give it to the women, give it to the children, give it to those he knew, those he didn't know. And he was started off. So some people say, Ya Rasulullah, who should start the salams off? Who's the best one? That's after he made the tartib. The majority give it to the minority. The younger give it to the older. He told us, you know, but that's mustahab. But he used to initiate it. So when they asked him, who is the best? Who? He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Awla bihim, Awla huma billah. The one who gives the salam is the best one from him. So although I'm younger, although I'm older, I give the salams first. Although we are the majority, we'll give salams to the minority. Although the one who is riding should give the salam first, to the, the walker gives it first. Because he wants to be the best. He wants to be on the right side in Saf al-Awwal. Alul himma Not just enough. I'm just going to do just a No. Get here first and get on the right side of the Saf. But if you want to stick to the system, then learn who gives it to what and so But Rasulullah was always showing us. Now I'm giving dawah. I come into the masjid and I'm walking like this and people give me salams. They don't know if I returned it or not. Because you owe me. I'm the malvi. I'm the imam. I'm the untouchable. I'm the connection between you and the sheikh. I even heard one of these brothers threatening my African-American masakin brothers with the, the mentality of Jesus Christ still in us. White Jesus Christ at that. At least let him be a black Jesus Christ. At least... No, but we're the type of people who have self-hatred. Plantation. I ain't not no plantation no more. A tawheed and al-ubudiyah for Allah freed me from that stuff. Worshipping a man, a sheikh. What's wrong with you? As it relates to the salams, ikhwani, a lot of things can be said, but we want to go because we have a lot to do, inshallah, but... From the statement of the Prophet وسلم, in this hadith, Haqqul Muslim ala Muslims is six. In the liqa, the salams is when you meet people. That's the salam, based upon the fiqh of this hadith. The salams, if we get into the fiqh of it, and this is what I'm telling you, if we spend time getting the fiqh about these issues, reading Al Imam al Bukhari's book, Al Adab al Mufrad, reading Al Imam al Nawi's book, Riyadh al-Saliheen. Reading al-Imam al-Tirmidhi's book, Shama'il al-Muhammadiyya. How was the pro- Teach the community this stuff. As for these radud. Radud of your shaykh? It's confusion. This shaykh refuted that shaykh. And one of their shaykhs, who, he likes him, and they all refuted each other, and they all like him, and it's confusion. So even if you wanted to be on that madness, it's confusion. It's confusion, wallahi. So teach the people the basics of the salams, fiqh of salams. The salams is when you meet. So I come into the masjid, and I come in, I say, Salaamu Alaikum. Whoever gives it, hears it, no problem. When it's time to give the salam, the, the, the dars, I don't say Salaamu Alaikum, because it's not the time. We didn't, we're not meeting. It's when you meet. And even if that meeting were to yatakarr, the Prophet taught the people. He says, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, When halat bainahuma, bainahuma shajratun, salam. If you're walking, the companion says, "Salamu alaykum, alaykum They start walking, and if they were split by a tree and they came and met again, "Salamu alaykum, alaykum salam." Because of the khair of the kalima. What do you think, Rasulullah? It just wants us to waste our time. 
We only split for, you know, two meters like COVID. Just two meters. Yeah, but it's the weight of the kerima, salam, and what it means in our religion. That's why we're spending more time on it here. If you're sitting in the masjid, we come in, salam alaikum, alaikum salam, you get up. Rasulullah told us, when you get up and leave, say salam again. He said, walaysa. The first salams of meeting doesn't have more rights than the one when you leave. And the one of leaving has been lost. We don't practice that that well. Okay, you get up, you go. Assalamu alaikum and you go. Now I come over and I meet you in the car park in Morrison's because you didn't leave yet. When I meet you again, assalamu alaikum, alaikum salam. That's our religion. What, to waste time? Now there's no wasting time. The issue is important. It de- develops muhabba and respect and connection and, and community. But when you turn away from people and you don't like people, now that creates kirahi and baghda and adawa and amasity. We hate each other. And now it's to a point, I got to be honest. If I see an older person with a green hat, brilby, whatever, I'll open the door, give them salams, uncle, sab, la, la, sab, this, that. But there's some people who have the look of these hardcore gulat of tabdeer. With the short thobes, that's from the sunnah, looking mad, like vukhu you know? I don't give salams. Because I've given salams trying to be the better one, and I've been disrespected by kids. I'm walking with my wife on Coventry Road, by the Lord of the Kaaba. I'm walking with my wife. And there was one of them who came to this masjid from Redding. And he had a rough life. And then he became a Muslim. We found him. This masjid helped him. And I don't mean this from the angle of Al-Mannu. I want to make a point. Helped him for about a year and a half. He found his way over there to those brothers, those ghulat. And then he changed. Okay, that's your business. I'm walking with my wife, man. Walking with my wife on Coventry Road. He was coming towards us with a bike. He went like, and spit in front of me and my wife. I'm 35 years older than this kid. Can you imagine that? And I'm with my wife. And he spit towards me and my wife. Because he's been taught and educated. This is how the sedif were. Go figure. Concerning the issue of the salam as well, Ikhwani, we know that if Someone says salam alaikum to the whole group, then only one person, if they salam back, then the whole group is, you know, exonerated. But don't be like that. Everybody give the salams back, especially during this time. I'm giving dawah, a dawah with du'at, a du'at with dawah. So the call, inshallah, azawajal, is to use and utilize this to undo this hatred that we have. And a lot can be said. A lot can be said. Do we give salam to the Yahud in America, African Americans, in my community, my sister, who's not a Muslim, my mother, they say to me, salam alaikum. That's what my mother and my sister say, my family members. African Americans who come from where I come from, they had ihtikak and ikhtilat with the Muslims. So they know our language. You'll find a lot now Muslim, name the child Fatima. They want to say Fatima. They call her Fatima. Malik, Malik, Kofar from African Americans. Because they've been around us. So, can I give them salams back? Now is not the time to get in all of them details. But Allah, he has a da'i, du'at. We should busy our community with ilm that is beneficial. This karam, Sheikh Rabbi says, Sheikh, that's karam farikh. We move on to the next one, inshallah, azawajal, ikhwani, and that is, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that if your brother invites you, you should answer the dawah. Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's what he did. He gave salams, and when people invited him, what happened? It's too many hadith. He was invited, he came to the people's house, knocked on a door, told the people, get to the side. When you knock on people's door, don't stand in front of the door. So if the door opened accidentally, my little man Sheba, he comes and runs, he opens the door. His sister's running behind him to stop him. He opens the door. My daughter, 13, 14, no hijab, is seen by the people who didn't mean it. Knock on the door, get to the side. Teaching people the etiquette. 
And he used to knock easy with the fingers. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The man opened up the door. Rasulullah said, Da'utani wattaba'ani hadha. You invited me and he followed me. He was with me. I was coming and he just kept coming with me. You didn't invite him. Meaning, it's up to you. If you want to let him come in, he can come in. But if you want him to go, he, can, he has to go. So, so the prophet answered the invitation and taught us what to do. You can't be a party crasher. They call it tufuli. A tufuli. Or a tufeli. A tufeli. They were the people back in Jahiriya. Anytime they hear it was a party or dinner, they say, let's go. To eat food for free. In Islam, I'm getting ready to go to a party. And you're with me. I shouldn't just take you to the man's walima unless I know he's not going to have a problem with that. But the sunnah is, when you get there, and you're going to give him the money as a gift, you're going to shake his hand, you're going to let him know you're there, you're going to tell him, look man, you invited me, but he came. And if he says, welcome, which they usually will, he comes in. But maybe the one who invited you is a person who's been oppressed by that person. He doesn't want him in his party. So the point is, Rasulullah came. He was in the people's home, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The host brought him the milk to the left of Rasulullah with companions, to the right of Rasulullah with companions. He drank it first and went to the right. To his, to his right was a young boy. And to his left, Abu Bakr. Another hadith said, Khalid ibn Walid. Rasulullah at the invitation said to the young boy, you are my right and you have the most right. But to my left is who's bigger than you. Ithar. Will you firun ara infusim? Will okana be him? Khasasa. I'm going to give it. No. No. Nobody over you. Maybe it was going in the door. I let him in. Maybe. But drinking after you? Nobody. He taught us that. Invitation. He did it. So I'm giving dawah. I never go to the invitation. Never. No. I think I told you, no, that was in Leeds. Uh, uh, during the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah, a real good friend of mine, a professional, he had a, a, a walima for his son. And it was for wealthy people here. Wealthy people, the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. He said, call me on the phone. My, my son is going to get married. Can you come and give a kalima? I said, sure, sure. I'll come. When I went, it was one of the expensive places, probably the biggest expensive. All of the cars, Bentleys, you know, Mercedes. What's those ones with the zeros on them, the, the, the chains? The Audis, Range Rovers. I'm talking about, they had wheels out there. The whole parking lot was like, wow, mashallah. I ain't no hater. I ain't gonna lie to you if I could get one of those cars and keep my Dean and be balanced. I love it. I go in there, the place was beautiful. But when it was time, the boy and the girl came in and they were singing, here comes the bride. Here, I said, the hijab was a problem, mixing, it was all of that. I never saw a wedding here like that from the rich people from Pakistan. And this is not to put Pakistan down, but that, you, you know how some of those weddings are. They were throwing flowers on the boy and the girl. The hijab, it was a problem. Now I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm the guy. The du'at and the da'wah. Now, there are examples of the Qur'an. وَقَدْ نَزَّلَ عَلَيْكُمْ أَنْ إِذَا سَمِتْتُمْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ يُكْفَرُ بِهَا وَيُسْتَهِزُ بِهَا فَلَا تَقْعَدُوا مَعْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُودُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِ If you hear the ayat of Allah being played with in disbelief, don't sit there, get up and go. Salaf used to come to the invitation, and if they saw Munkar, they would leave. So, do I leave now? Yeah, I could leave. But will they hear the kalima? Will they hear the dawah? What about the religious people with good hijab? And the relatives who are practicing, and they're hoping for someone to speak on their behalf. And another thing, what about the nice mere food that I can eat if I stay? <laughs> Although that's not the main, you know. They have that stuff, I love it. It's called sah, sah. Oh, I love the, the spinach, sah. What about that? I got I to gotta miss out on that? So I'm thinking, man, how I'm going to do this. I'm, if I go and I blast them, I'll be dissing my, my, my friend. 
who helped me tremendously. I'll be dissing him, embarrassing him. And the people won't So I talked about the dua that Rasulullah used to say to the husband and the wife after getting married and expounded on that dua. Barakallahu lakuma wa barakallahu fi kuma wa jama Allahu bainukuma fi khair. What does that mean? Allah bring you together, put the blessings. But you're going to get that when you wear hijab, when you have tohidas, and just talk like that. And when I finish, only seven minutes. When I finish, those people were clapping. Now I had to decide, do I tell them we shouldn't clap or not? But this is what happens. This is the reality of our community. You think everything is going to be perfect? No. The guy at the door is going to be homosexual. Akramakumullah. The lady at the other door is going to be a lesbian. The other one at the other door is going to be a Sikh. The other one at the... So in that issue, as a caller, I have to weigh the issue. So concerning the invitation that the Prophet Sallallahu very quickly... The scholars of Islam said when people invite you, it's their haq that you come. It's mustahab, mustahab. So if someone invites you for coffee, tea, it's mustahab. They invite you for breakfast, for lunch, dinner, mustahab. But the scholars have ikhtilaf. If the person invites you for nikah, for urs, the jamhur said it's wajib. You have to go. Because Prophet Muhammad said it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If anyone gets invited to a wedding, you have to go. And if you go and you're fasting, then eat if you want, or don't eat if you don't want. Another hadith said, eat if you want, and if you don't want to eat, then pray. Make dua for them. So now, understand that. If it is a wedding and your relative, someone invites it is wajib to go to the majority of the ulama for the wedding because the hadith said that, specified. If two things are absent, number one, if there's no munkar, you go to the wedding and at the wedding, you find at the wedding is our uh, ASAP Rocky and our, uh, the little baby going to be there. Some of the famous singers from Ghana are going to be there. Famous singers from uh, Pakistan going to be there. And they're going to get into that stuff. No, don't go. There's munkar there. They selling, they doing wine there. Don't go. Even if it's for the rus. The other thing is, as long as you're not going to get hurt, you should go. No dara. What's the hurt? What's the hurt? Well, the wedding is tomorrow on Tuesday. I have to work. It's wajib for me to go. If I go, I'm losing my job. No, I don't have to go. So, as a da'i, person giving da'i a lot, you got to go to the weddings, man. You have to go to the dawahs. The people who are doing things, they have lunch and dinner and this and that, and they invite you. Go. Keep the people's hearts together. Give the people love for your dawah because you're mixing with them, as the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-mu'min ya'lafu yu'lafu la khayra fi man la ya'lafu la yu'laf. That's how the believers. We come to the third one, ikhwani. What time is the adhan for Maghrib, inshallah? Al-Isha, what time is it? Okay, so we have inshallah. So the next one is al-nasiha. Last week we did a dinu nasiha, a dinu nasiha, a dinu nasiha. We ain't going to go through all of that, inshallah. And we explain what nasiha means. And it means al-ikhlas, purity. إِذَا نَسَهُ لِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ لَا جُنَاهَ It's no problem on them. You're sick, you're this, you don't have the money to make jihad, then you have to have nasiha to Allah and His Messenger. Ikhlas. To Allah, ikhlas to the book of Allah, ikhlas to the sunnah, to the nabi. And you have to give nasiha to the Muslims. We did that already. The companions would give the bayah that they would give nasiha to every Muslim. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam explained all of that. So I'm giving dawah. I'm giving dawah. What is nasiha? He comes to me as the imam and he wants to know this, this, that. I have to give him nasiha as the imam. The same thing that I want for myself, I want from him. So now the imam, from my background where I grew up, this thing that we're dealing with, these guys hijacked our dawah, them and their sheikhs, this political nonsense, that I'm against. I'm against it. They hijacked it. 
and people running around hating each other on the same dawah and hating Muslims who may not be on that dawah, but they don't deserve to be hated. Subhanallah. He comes and he invites, he asks me a question. Can I take knowledge from Khalid Green or Collar Greens? Can I take knowledge from Collar Greens? Now, I don't know about collard greens, like you guys don't know collard greens, but you may know Khalid Green. He asked me that. And I say no, because he's friends with Abu Usama. Are you serious? And the man has something to support and to give your children in our community. A brother is posting things and translating things that are beneficial. He's giving like my brother Abu Taymiyyah, giving beneficial khutbas. I would advise you guys to go back to the khutbah that that brother gave two weeks ago that is called TikTok Black Hearts. I had TikTok on my phone as a thing. I got it off. My wife talked to me about it. She said, man, get this off of your phone. She had a discussion with my kids. Took it off. Abu Taymiyyah. TikTok Black Hearts. Two Fridays ago. No, can't listen to that. You and your children. Because why? Why? He's a hisbi. Why is it his beat? Because he doesn't follow us. So the people are going to be boxed out from the benefit? From your advice? That's advice, ya This is a problem. Wallahi, our condition, it, it causes one to cry. causes the heart to bleed. To bleed. What's wrong with these people? What's wrong with these people? And their sheikhs. What's wrong with them? But I'm trying to tell you, brothers, especially my African-American brothers and sisters, when I chose this class, one of the reasons why I keep referring to this problem, because some of them may say, man, he has a uqta, he's always... Re-. No, part of choosing this class was to try to deal with this, wake my people up. This Tao has jammed us up. The Nation of Islam, the Black Panthers, all those people, they didn't have the right formula. Salafi is the right formula when we do it the right way. But look what has happened to us. We got taken off of the path and we still have du'at who are trying to feed us the Kool-Aid of Jim Jones of Guyana. Jim Jones in Guyana. I'm not talking about Jim Jones the rapper from Dipset. Jim Jones from Guyana giving us cyanide and killing us and our babies and we're watching it and, and administering the, the drug ourselves. No. The invitation, make the people close to you and mix with the people. I can't call the masjid over here, Masjid al-Dirar. Masjid al-Dirar, ya akhi. How do you ever expect our dawah to make change in that masjid? And if this is how we're saying, everyone who disagrees with us, Masjid dirar Nah. After that, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam in terms of nasiha. You remember the hadith where the qissatul ifk, where they accused our mother Aisha of having a relationship, a'udhu billah, when she was traveling with the Prophet sallallahu because her and the man came into Medina and the munafiqin said she's having a relationship. Rasulullah went to Ali ibn Abi Talib and Usama ibn Uzaid and asked them, what do you think about what he asked them? He would ask Abu Bakr and Umar sometimes. Nasiha. Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيذَ الْقَلْبِ لَمْ فَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ وَشَّاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ فَإِنْ عَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلَ لَلَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَوَكِّلِينَ Ya Muhammad, if you were rough and tough with them, they would have run away from you. If you were rough and tough, they would have left, dispersed. So overlook and forgive them. And ask Allah to forgive them. And ask them, Mushawara, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about it? I'm the Dai. I have to ask the people, man. People of Leeds brought me there. I have to ask them, what do you guys think? What do you think? Do you think I should give the topic about this? What do you think? I can't go in and start putting everything down. We have du'at who destroyed our community, put us and made us backwards, where a person who's from outside of us, if he's qualified and competent, no problem. But he's outside of us. He comes from a different people. A different people. Right? 
Ahlu Mecca adra bi sha'abiha. The people of Mecca know their situation better. We understand each other. The Sheikh comes and puts someone over us. Not we chose him. The Sheikh said he's the oldest one. He's not even the oldest. We have brothers more older than him. Those brothers gave him da'wah. When he came to the da'wah, he wasn't even practicing. Soccer player, pizza man. Nothing wrong with that. Some of us dealt drugs. We were killing people. Some all kind of stuff. I don't have a problem. You weren't practicing, but the sheikh ain't telling the truth. He's not the most, the oldest, nor is he the most knowledgeable. But the brothers just take that, and then that person comes and says, "Listen to this." Instead of the individual, instead of the individual giving the siha, he sits and says, "And if you, I'm going to get the sheikh on you. I'm going to tell the sheikh on you, and then people are scared." What happened to us, man? I want to ask my African American brothers. I want to ask you, brothers. We are brothers and sisters. We are not perfect, but we are the byproduct of the strongest people who were taken in the slave trade. The ones who were weak and sick, they died and got thrown overboard. The ones who made it were their daughters and sons, great great granddaughters and sons. How do you sit there and lose your mind? And someone comes and tells you, "I'm going to get the sheikh on you," and tell it, and, and everybody's scared. So, like the Prophet said to Umar, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Amutahawikun ante ya bin al-Khattab, ya Umar, are you weak now? In Jahiliyyah, you were strong, and now this thing that you're doing right now indicates you're weak. You don't have to take anything from the Yahud." So the nasiha, ikhwani, du'at, you're all giving da'wah. Nasiha should be the right of a Muslim. Advise him the way you want to be advised. Don't blow his back out. Don't lie on him. Don't advise him in a crazy way. He went on to mention, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about sneezing. From his rights is, if he sneezes and says, alhamdulillah, then you should say, yarhamukullah. Concerning the sneezing, again, the Prophet taught us this, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sneezing is a rahmah. Rasulullah said, Allah loves the sneeze and he hates the yawn, because when you yawn, it's a sign you ate too much. It's a sign you're kislan. It's a sign of khumul. And the Muslim is the one who was nashid. Huh? Khairukum is who? The one who was doing stuff. It's never the one who was just sitting down. He learned the Quran and he taught the Quran. That's the thing. Khayrukum anfa'akum nas. The one who brings benefit. Al-mu'minu qawi. Khayru wa habbu ilallah. Because he can fight, defend, work, sadaqah. He has money. It's not a bum. It's a bum. Nothing to offer. It's a bum. Nah. The believer is doing stuff. So as it relates to the issue of sneezing, it's a ni'mah. Sneezing, the tashmeet, tashmeet, tashmeet means remembering Allah and thanking Allah. And our mother Aisha said about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi He used to mention Allah in all of his situations, all of his conditions. الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ the believers, they remember Allah walking, standing up, laying down, sitting down, all conditions. He's about to have relationships with his wife, Akramakumullah. He remembers Allah. All of his conditions. And one of those conditions, sneezing. So the one who sneezes says, Alhamdulillah. Now listen to this. The da'i, haq of the Muslim. Prophet Muhammad was sitting with the people. Two men sneezed. The leader sneezed, achu, and he didn't say alhamdulillah. A poor man sneezed, achu, alhamdulillah. Rasulullah said, yarhamakullah. The people who were under the leader said, oh, he sneezed, like, this is the man, what he sneezed. Rasulullah said, he did the right thing and he didn't. Look how the Prophet is showing us. Everybody is equal in our religion. Your money doesn't make you better than him if you don't work by the religion. That's the giving da'wah, teaching people. At-tasfiyah wa tarbiyah. With the da'wah now, with the da'wah now, the du'at have been given a pass. 
They do certain things, they're given a pass. Let the regular Amr Bakr Zaid, the sister, do the same thing. They get excommunicated, they get boycotted, they get ostracized. Let the du'at fall into the same thing, or worse. Prophet Muhammad wasn't like that. So concerning this issue, Ikhwani of sneezing, I want to say, when it comes to the issue of like sneezing, the da'i and every Muslim should feel sneezing is a ni'mah. Even the Christians, when they sneeze, they say, God bless you. Maybe this is one of the things that was from their religion that's in our religion as well. They say, hallelujah. Maybe that's subhanallah, I don't know. But this is the way of the people of the religion. Suleiman Ibrahim. Suleiman and his father Dawood. Rabbi awzi'mi an ashkura ni'matika lati an'amta alayya wa ala walidayya. Oh Allah, give me the ability to make shukr of the ni'mah that you gave me. Suleiman, charge of the jinn, the animals, the ants. Ni'mah. So that's what sneezing is. Allah gave you a ni'mah to sneeze. So the sunnah is, if you sneeze and you say alhamdulillah, then the person says, yarhamakallah. And then the one who sneezes says, yahdikumullah wa yuslihu ba'dakum. Now, pay attention. I don't want to get deep into this, but number one, the best thing is to say alhamdulillah after sneezing. But there's an authentic hadith that says, if one of you sneezes, you should say alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal. That's authentic. And there's a third narration that has ikhtilaf in it. Ikhtilaf. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Some of our shiyukh al-albani said that that's authentic. Other people says Hassan. I see it as being weak, but if you want to do it, you do it. The third one, baina mm, bain. What about adding on to that? There was a man with Abdullah bin Umar sitting next to him. The man sneezed and he said, Alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah. Abdullah bin Umar said, hey, 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 I also say wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah, but the prophet didn't teach us that. So stop where the text stopped. Don't be adding on. So I want to say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa maghfiratuhu wa ihsanuhu wa karamatuhu wa 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 And I just keep going? No, all he said was assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That's the most he started off with, ibtida'in. And the most you can respond to that is wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa maghfiratuhu. You go back and you read the book of Imam al-Bukhari, al-Adab al-Mufrat, about the, these things. So we don't go overboard. The Yahud was sitting and they started to sneeze just so Rasulullah can give them dua. So they were, Yata'afasun, Hachu, Hachu. They wasn't really sneezing. And then they would say, Alhamdulillah. Rasulullah would say, Yahdikumullah. Yahdikumullah. Allah guide you people. We ain't giving you nothing. And unfortunately today, because of the da'af of the Muslim, the non-Muslim will sneeze, zukam will come out of his nose, and will run to it and wipe it off and tell him, Afwan Sayyidi. That's our, that's our situation today. Concerning the issue of sneezing, Ikhwani, the Prophet ﷺ was with a man, and the man sneezed, Acho, alhamdulillah, sneezed again, Acho, alhamdulillah, third time he said, Acho. Gave him the, and the fourth time he sneezed, Rasulullah said, maskum. That man is sick. He has a cold. That's why he keeps sneezing. Some scholars said, if that happens, and if you sneeze four times, you should say, maskum. That's the sunnah, because Prophet Muhammad, you got a cold, man. Now, Prophet Muhammad didn't say man. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You got a cold, man. You sick. You got pneumonia. You got COVID. No, COVID is not... COVID is not, sneezing is not a thing of COVID, right? You can't smell, you can't taste, you can't tie. May Allah protect us from the COVID, man. But most of the people explain this hadith said, no, you don't say the man is sick or you're sick. Rasulullah said that so the people would know the illah, the people would know the reason why you shouldn't say anything the fourth time. Because he's a cold, so he doesn't have to say anything and you don't have to say anything. So you don't have to say you're sick, anything like that. Last thing that I want to mention about the sneezing is that concerning the uh, sneezing is that some of the companions, some of them, Anas ibn Malik sneezed 
and they added on to that. And it's authentic. But I'm not going to go through that because we want you to stick with what's easy. Do the sunnah. Alhamdulillah. 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 We go to the next one, ikhwani, we're almost done, number five, is that if he becomes sick, you go and visit him. The dahi goes and visits him. The Prophet saw, especially, he's your relative. What's the visit? The visit is, what's the sickness? The sickness is, someone is in the masjid and he's sick now. This hadith is not talking about him. The hadith is talking about the one who's not in the masjid. He went missing. You don't see him around. So from his haq as you go to his house, to the hospital, and you ask him, what's going on? How you doing? What's going on? Especially if he's your relative. Especially if you hope for him, Islam. Rasulullah went to the house of the Jewish boy, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who used to take care of him. Because he knew the boy wanted Islam coming close. And he was giving him dawah, except Islam. The boy looked at his father. The father said, obey Abu Qasim Rasulullah. The boy accepted Islam. Rasulullah said, Alhamdulillah, who saved him from the hellfire. Visited the boy who was a kafir, Yahudi. Giving dawah. I went to the hospital in London. My boy had Muawiyah, Mau Mau, Mau Mau. I call him Mau Mau, short for Muawiyah because of the Mau Mau of Kenya, the way they deal with some people. Well, my boy. Don't be a person who gets colonized in your mind. He got his appendix taken out. But they took him to the theater. When I got there, about eight other kids in the room. I just went in the room because I'm the die. I want to show these people, we're not, we're not crazy. We're not terrorists. I'm not a Wahhabi wobbler. I hate Rasulullah. I'm not a wobbler. And I'm not scared to tell you I'm not a wobbler. So I go in there trying to be, and I don't say this because I'm better. I'm just sharing with you. It's my job. I go in there, went to each bed, oh, just clam, Muslims, kufa. When I got there to the Jewish lady, no love. She gave me no love. I'm not going to make her Jum on her. Just leave her and go to the rest of the people. So now the Muslims in there say, yeah, that guy came in was on. He's African-American, he's a black guy. So maybe all black people are not criminals because they thought that. Maybe all wobblers are not, and so forth and so on. We go and we visit the sick people. That's what the prophet did. His grandfather was dying, his uncle was dying. He went to him to give him dawah before he died. Say, la ilaha illallah, karimatun, uhajullah biha, yawmul qiyamah. I'll use it for your... With Allah, just say it. So how do you feel? Brother, brother, subhanAllah. One of my best friends, Ikhwani. His name is Ismail Barnaby. I came to this country, to to Birmingham from London. I was in London first, long time. I came to Birmingham. Ismail Barnaby was my man. My man. Rahmatullahi. He died very recently, a few months ago. This was my man. I mean, my brother. This dawah of this craziness, this madness, made him break away from me because I'm an enemy. When he got sick, I couldn't even think about going to visit the brother. Because if I go and visit him, people will be around him maybe, it'll be a fitna. He himself, I, I just don't even go. That's how it is. And many of the brothers who are old school, Usama Din, his brother, his brother, Black Adred, our older brothers, they know what I'm talking about. Uh, Abu Ismail, Haider, Harun, these older brothers, uh, Imran Ma'asum, people who we knew from a long time ago, whenever we had a conference at Greenland, whenever we have a conference in Leicester, we have a conference in London, Manchester, we were going all over the country supporting each other and the dowels on the heart of one man. And then the Don Corleone Minhaj got introduced. You better say what I say, I'm going to get you. If you don't say... No, sh- no, Sheikh, miss us with that in our dawah. So as it relates to the issue of visiting people, it's the responsibility, Ikhwani, of the people who are giving dawah to Allah to go to those places and make dua for them. You're the one who knows what to do. His family, I'm in Leeds, Ikhwani. I know there's magic in Birmingham, but I never was exposed to as much magic that I'm exposed to in Leeds. Tawis everywhere, all kind of stuff. So the family doesn't know. So in the house, 
the way they're dealing with the sick, they're talking about soccer games, TikTok. The person is sick, but you're the day. You're going to go and you're going to put your hand on them and say, Allahumma rabbin nas, idhhab al-bats, anta shafi, ishfihi, la shifa, illa shifa'uka. You're going to say that. You're going to show the people. You're going to make dua for him. His relatives think that you have some special powers because they have ihsan in the malvi, in the imam. Don't take advantage of them. Show them. How do you think they're going to feel you came out of your way? But the Dai, if he has no interest, he ain't going. If it ain't his homie, one of the inside crew, core crew, he ain't going. He doesn't see every Friday I'm going to go to the hospital. That should be part of your responsibility. Go into the hospital. When people are about to die, it should be the people on the sunnah who are ready to go to the hospital to give the support to the family. Those are the critical times that make people appreciate your dao and where you're coming from. Critical time. But instead, what do we do? He's sick and the salaf didn't visit the sick innovators. The salaf didn't visit the sick innovators. They didn't go to their weddings. They didn't give them salams. You're taking a hadith that shows us the hukuk of the Muslim and you're destroying them all with your warped understanding. Now I say, understand what the salaf did in its proper context and place. الفتاوى تتغير من مكان إلى مكان ومن مكان من زمان إلى زمان gonna give me a fatwa of what Sheikh Ubay said about the Taliban 10 years ago and then make it relevant right now you know what you're making the Sheikh look like? you're making him look like he's from the Khawarij because they are in charge so he should keep his mouth shut number two you're making the Sheikh look incompetent and you're making him look and appear as if he doesn't have sensibility and sensitivity to the Muslims in their plight. Saying those things about the Taliban now when they're trying. What's wrong with the brothers? My brothers from America, Mr. Rahma, for the ones who are uqala. I'm not talking about the people who have sickness. I ain't talking about that. I'm not talking, I'm talking about my people, my people. And secondarily to the people here. But my people in America. African-American brothers and sisters. You guys have to wake up and smell the coffee. Folgers, Maxwell House, whatever you... But hold these people to account. These people are jamming up our dawah and our lives, lives of our babies. Everybody's going to make mistakes, but get off the okey-doke stuff. Stuck on stupid with this dawah. Lastly, the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if he dies, then you should visit him. You should follow him. You should follow him. The prophet used to go to the janazas. And when he was sitting at the janazah, he used to take a stick and he would just mess with the stick in the dirt. And then he would look up as he used to do all the time. Because Allah, he's teaching them, is above the seven heavens. He would look up all the time. Teaching the people. And then he would say to the people, ask a thabat for your brother because he's being questioned right now. The person is dying and Rasulullah would go and educate them. And he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Kuntu kat nahaytukum an ziyarat al-kubur fazuruha fa'innaha tudhakirukum bil-akhirah. I used to stop you from going to the graves in the beginning of Islam. But I'm telling you, go now. It'll remind you of the akhirah. You know what? Some of us suffer from hearts that are dead. Hard hearts. You want to soften your heart? Go to the grave. More. For no reason, just go to the grave. No janazah, you just went to the grave between Zuhr and Asr. Just to look in that place. Because just being there is going to help you. Salafi people, we need to just go to the graves, man. But the imam, the dayin, never going. Because there's nothing in it for him. You go to the grave, the people are ready to listen to your dawah. They just lost a loved one. His relatives are at the grave. You're going to talk about death. Tawheed. It's the inevitable. All of us are going to taste it. You give dawah to his people. That's our sunnah. That's our religion. But I'm not going to his grave. I'm not going to the janazah. What are you talking about? Soften your hearts and take advantage of the issue of the janazah. 
the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam used to take these as opportunities to educate the people. A lot more can be said, ikhwani, walakinna naktafi bihad al-qadr, sa'ilina Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and yuwafiqna wa iyaakum li kulli ma yuhibbu yarda. I want to say this very clearly. Very clearly. I bite my tongue for no one. I don't want to be disrespectful to any of the scholars and people who are older than me. No. And I don't want to put people down. And I don't want to open up doors where I'm a fitna for people. But to when, to when, to when, to when are the people who are running the Dawah in America, especially in here, but I'm more concerned with my American, African-American brothers and sisters. Until when? We're going to let this nonsense rule the day. We need a change of the guard. We need new blood, new understanding. People need to make toba from that stuff, that warped understanding that you have. May Allah Azza make it easy for us and easy for you. Hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.